introductions can sometimes be difficult. And this is definitely going to be difficult. <laughs> so uh, this podcast is comes from our uh, shared love of movies and also talking about movies. And re-watching movies and introducing each other to new movies that we may not have seen or missed. Yeah, because there's a lot of movies that, that I've seen that Hamza hasn't seen and vice versa. And by him, he means Luke. So it's Luke and Hamza. And we'll be joined by a guest each week. That's an intro, right? I think so, yeah. Seems like it. If you put it at the beginning, then by default it's an intro. There we go. Cut it. Brilliant. feel like I'm in the cube right now. Quite honest with you. <laughs> been cubed. Yeah. yeah, I've been. Yeah, it was pretty intense. <laughs> well, yeah. and then I literally just I've done eight hours of work, and then I had a, a development meeting for this that TV show I talked to you about last time for like two hours. Yeah. So like I'm literally, I'm yeah. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's good to it's good to like you know come do something and then come back several months later and hear the progress that's going on. Oh, that thing you were talking about is uh, we've got meetings and uh... yeah, man, it's fucking with that. I mean, it's been a, a a mad one where it went from being like yay to like oh fuck it out, this is going this is going wrong, and now we're back to yay again. So hopefully, it'll continue to be yay. I hope, pray. Give me, give me, give me something for all this hard work I'm doing. Come on. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it'll work out. Yeah. You know, just just keep switching between the yay and the nay. Yeah. Hope you end yeah. up on the yay. Uh, yeah, just come on. Uh, as long as the the yay keeps coming, I don't mind a bit of nay. You know what I mean? A bit of nay gives you a bit of uh, something to play for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to have the nay to appreciate the yay. Um, Definitely. But, just a pity that society's been broken down that all we can see now is yay or no. Yeah. Nothing in between. Totally. Uh, Welcome to Yoga for Horses, your <laughs> insight into a, a better way of mindful living, living using the uh, analogy of yay or nay. It's one of the best analogies. So my horse will just not do yoga on Saturdays. What is that all about? They're, they're tetchy beasts, aren't they, horses? Yeah. I, um, I've never, never, really, never really got involved with them, to be honest. A mate of mine decided when he was like 18, his parents were like, you've got to learn to drive. And he was like, how about I take the money you're going to pay me for driving lessons, give me for driving lessons, and let's go learn to horse ride instead. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, however many years later it is now, whatever it is, over a decade, decade and a half, almost two decades later, he's now trying to learn to drive because he's like, oh, yeah, shit, I need to drive. <laughs> and he has not been horse riding since. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because his, his horse never learned to drive, so he's going to have to. Well, yeah. 
you know, that's the problem. You just end up taking care of the horses after a while. So, yeah. I just imagine him trying to shove his horse into a mini. It's like, come on, get me down the shops. I've given you all those <laughs> sugar cubes. Now you take me around to central London. Yeah, that's a, that's a comedy site, if I've ever imagined one. Chuck that, chuck that in, your, in your TV show. Going on there. Sorted, sorted, guys. Thanks. I'll see you later. They'll get it made. Yeah, it's later. like, yeah, monkey tennis, horse <laughs> in a mini. Development, the real development mini is happening here. Am I right? Oh, Am I right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about development, the way that the Cube movies have evolved and developed over the years, uh, we might as well get right into it. Oh, shit. Cubes. Oh, it's all about cubes. So, yeah. wait, is, is this the podcast? Yeah. We're in. We're already inside. I've woken up and I'm actually turned <laughs> out I'm in, I'm in the podcast. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so yeah. Be, be careful. Yeah. Okay, cool. There's traps everywhere. Luke put them out. Watch <laughs> out. <laughs> and we're going to find about our true personalities, how they deal with pressure. That's not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Uh, yeah, I gave you a warning. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Cube. I, I, I'll just say I, I love the audacity of Cube as a film that people just said, we're going to have a film, people wake up in a Cube. The big kind of halfway revelation is, they're inside an even bigger cube. <laughs> yeah. They just got to get out of the cube, and that's that's it. And that's that's the pitch meeting done. And they're like, "Yes, <laughs> sign." Where it's do we twist? Sign? It's in a bigger cube. Uh, so, well, let's do. We'll do a roll call of um, what we've, uh, how much we've we managed to watch. Because Hamza's a hero, and he's subjected himself to all three of them. Um, and, and Gareth, you contacted us to because uh, you'd watched all of them recently. Um, do you want to give yourself a brief introduction for people that are waking up in the middle of this podcast and are meeting you as a podcast guest for the first time? Well, how do I even, oh my word, so much to say. Uh, no, I'm Gareth. I, well, I, we sort of met because back in the day I did comedy stuff uh, and I thought, you know, probably time to leave that and just focus on hardcore data analysis. So now I'm a sort of a data scientist and I also watch uh, low budget, uh, high concept films like Cube. So that's pretty much everything you need to know about me. Nice. Yeah. So you're the kind of person who would make the Cube basically to, to analyze people. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to like let on to any kind of future projects. <laughs> There's still <laughs> confidentiality agreements in place. Uh, I won't. I'll uh, have to say no more. Understood. And uh, we've got so so basically, Gareth, you you watched Cube 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 Two Hypercube is that the name of it? Yeah. And then Cube uh, Cube Zero, which is the third film made, but the is set as a prequel. So first Cube was made in 1997. Cube Two was made 2002. Cube Zero was made 2004. Um, so there, there's going to be spoilers for all of these films if you want to go and watch them. I recommend personally 
I'll give you a spoiler for my opinion. Go and watch Cube. That's worth watching. I don't know about the other two, if you know, if they're worth going to watch. Yeah, but also the great thing is that Cube is the sort of film that is really about the ride. And you know, there's not a huge amount you can spoil. Mm. If you go yeah. into if you go into a film like The Cube, being like, oh, I really, really this hinges my enjoyment hinges on how this ends. And I don't want it to be spoiled, you know. Mm. You're going into the wrong mindset. Right? This is not. It's not about how it ends. Uh, it's about the ride. So the, I mean, the basic plot of the cube, which serves as a as a template for the rest of the series, series is uh, seven people. Six or seven people wake up inside this strange. It's this big machine. Every room is a cube, which and it has doors in every exit. Some of them have traps. There are numbers on the doors which give clues to whether it's safe or not, and then they don't know why they're there. And these characters include uh, Nicole Dubert. Uh, who was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, David Hew- Hewlett, who was in... Um, Stargate. He was in Stargate, yeah. Was he Was he in Office Space, or am I thinking of a different dude? No, you're thinking of someone else. Yeah, no, someone else. Uh, also, uh, Morris Dean Wint, who I know was in was in Tech Wars, which was a sci-fi series that William Shatner wrote. I remember, I think he was an android in that. So it's like a lot of sort of, um, you know, decent character actors that have been around... And they interact with each other. One of them's a policeman. One of them's a bleeding heart doctor. One of them's just like a student. And they sort of break under the pressure. And it's really, it could be a play because it's just all about the interaction between the people. And it was um, it was like a cult hit. And it was made on a really small budget as well. Like, I think the budget for it was, it was $350,000. And it made nine million at the box office, so it was like a you know an amazing money maker in terms of being a hit like that. And like putting it into context, this is like quite a lot more ambitious than like Reservoir Dogs or Slacker or like yeah. But it's part of that tradition, definitely. The nineties. And so, so Cube. So, what do you guys think? So, hold on. I've this is my second watch of Cube. Uh, I didn't watch Cube Hypercube. And I started watching Cube Zero, and I have I feel bad saying it, but I just I stopped about halfway through, like I couldn't finish watching it. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't blame you. It's, uh... but I mean, we can talk about why. But so I remember watching because I remember, I watched the Blu-ray of this, and it was I was amazed at the quality of it because I just watched it on. It was another one of these films that I got out of Blockbuster, so I just watched it on VHS. So to see it, you know, like in decent picture quality, was really cool. Um, and it's just a really, I just think I really enjoyed it on this, on my second watch. And it's just a really clever film because they've got a room that they just put different lights in. So it keeps it, uh, you know, cheap and they have some special effects in there, but it's more about the story between these characters. And it's just a really, it sort of, it feels more dated than it should do because it still feels relevant. Like it seems like we should have evolved as a society, but the characters in it are still the same and have the same beefs and stuff like that. So I thought it was like a weird time travel thing that's still appropriate today, like 20 years later. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's great. Um, I think it, it kind of, uh, you know, I watch a lot of low budget films. I think mean, this passes my test for a great low budget film, um, especially like a low budget, high concept film. 
because you look here, here's my test for a good low budget high concept film mm. if i gave the filmmakers another like 50 million would the story actually change and, and with cube like i mean yeah the, the effects obviously would be better maybe you'd have some more recognizable actors but ultimately the thing would still be the same right they'd be in a cube they'd be trying to get out and oh. you wouldn't you wouldn't really like the budget wouldn't really make a much difference which shows that they've like come up with a great idea that you can do on low budget whereas so many low budget films you just like they obviously would have done something different if they had more money you know so in that sense i think it's a triumph of filmmaking um, yeah I, I agree with that what do you reckon hamza is this your first yeah, watch or no 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 i mean i i was actually a fan of cube in like the 90s it i mean if it came out in 97 then i guess i would have probably seen it like soon as it came because I, I used to read all the film magazines i was like really into everything back then so i would have been waiting for cube to come out on vhs so i could like watch it and i probably watched it like when it first came out and uh, i remember loving it and i remember watching it a fair few times and showing people it and stuff so it was mad when uh it got mentioned that we're going to do it because i just hadn't seen it since then and i had uh and, and to be honest watching it again it just kind of filled me with nostalgia because <laughs> it was just like yeah it kind of sums up a certain period of my life when i was just watching lots of films and stuff and uh it's kind of very 90s and it was like even down to at school um the police officer guy at school there was a kid that looked exactly like him and so every time I saw him, it just reminded me of that kid again. <laughs> it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, he really does look exactly like him. And, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's interesting. I loved it more as a kid than I do now. Like I could see, I don't think I could see the bad acting and some of the sh shoddiness of it that is there. There mm. is some shoddiness in it. But I, I couldn't see it back then. I, I don't know if... Um, I don't, you know, I think it's a great, I still think it's a great film. And I think uh, what they achieved is incredible. Like, and I think I appreciate it on a different level now. Yeah. Because back then I knew, I, you know, the whole thing was, oh, it's this low budget. They've done so much with this budget. But now having been involved in the business side of things a bit more, I now it kind of blows my mind even more what they managed to achieve. And, and like, and also it's, yeah, it's interesting putting it into context with the other two when you have someone with a clear vision who comes up with an idea and does something and then the other two are a mixed bag of of like ideas mm. and stuff and you know you can see the difference between the first one and the other two I've, i have a feeling i enjoyed them both more than you did luke because i still although i th i'll be honest the second one at first i was like what's going on so Originally, I was just going to watch the first one and the third one, but then I looked up the second one, and it was directed by Hackers. He was the DOP for Hackers. He was the DOP for Pulp Fiction and uh, I think some other stuff as well. But I recognized his name immediately. I was like, oh, shit, that's that big Polish DOP. So I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. And then I watched it, and I was just so disappointed at the start. But I actually think it does get better as it goes on, and I think, like uh, I think maybe after the initial shock of it being so bad, and like I think the acting in the second one is the worst of the three, but once you kind of get used to it, you kind of tune into it. I kind of by the end I was 
slightly enjoying it more let's say <laughs> i think I, I i i you know i don't have any urge to suddenly rewatch it but yeah. I, you know it was it was all right it was actually good and i did actually quite like the third one uh, i thought it wasn't nearly as good obviously as the first one in my opinion but i still you know in each of the three films there's stuff in there ideas and images in there that yeah. are um like the last film that us three talked about was um mother and i would say that mother doesn't have anything stand out about it in terms of images and, and like ideas compared to all three of the cube films have stuff where you're like oh that's oh, really yeah i think mm. it's interesting like um each of them have bits like whether it's dramatically or whether it's just gore or whether it's like an idea that isn't that that, that kind of I'm I'm down with that. I'm 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 intrigued by that, definitely. You I mean the whole I think there's the core imagery of the cube itself yeah. and it's being stuck in this cube is just it, it is just iconic. I mean, even though I only actually watched the films, discovered them recently, I'm like Oh really? This is oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I had not watched them until oh, wow. like you know, in the last um couple of months. So um yeah, I'm I do, it's one of those like instantly iconic things if that is a phrase that can make sense definitely um, and yeah i kind of agree with your your take on it you know the the first one is really is the film cube is is the actual film cube two you know i i appreciate they were trying to do something different with it it was a bit of a letdown because they kind of threw a load more kind of crazy concepts in and didn't really utilize them in a particularly sort of um, engaging way. Uh, and then the third one, I mean, you know, I appreciate it just by the fact that, especially if, if you came to it like I did and you're like, oh, Cube, oh, there's another Cube, oh, there's another Cube, and you've watched all three films in the space of a very short time. By the time you get to Cube Zero, you're just, you know, just really keen to find out more about the deep lore, the deep, like what was going on, <laughs> who, what were they thinking? You know, what is the actual meaning behind all this? Um, mm. So I appreciate that. Although, having said that, I didn't realise until you said about the, the, the director, I've only just, I've just literally just looked up on um, Wikipedia. I didn't realise all three of them are, are directed and written by different people. Yeah, yeah. I totally assume, different. Yeah. I, I mean, that kind of, I guess, makes more sense. But yeah, it is, um, I don't know what happened there, because I'd be surprised... Why, why would you not, if you had an amazing cult film like Cube, would you not want to like get involved in the sequel as well? Why would they not? Why would they leave that? That would be interesting. I mean, I know the first one, the guy who, who, I mean, it was very much one vision of this guy. Well, one vision shared between a couple of people and uh, they made it and it was all very much kind of like um, their own off their own backs and i think there was um they used like there was like some canadian money um that was involved where it was like yeah we want to do more canadian films and they managed to get a that money and so they, they were able to make this whereas i think the second one like definitely so there's a draft of the script which was the original draft which um sounds like it was what should have been the film they made and then i think the producer rewrote the script and added all the gore and all the extra shit and whatever and then the 
I mean, the director's, you know, as a DOP is massive, but obviously this just shows the difference between a director and a cinematographer. Like there is a difference there because uh, by his, if you look at his cinematography CV, it's pretty incredible. But this film, I don't know, you know, like yeah, mm. a producer could take the produce, not the director, the producer rewrites it. It kind of is interesting. And then the third film is directed by that producer who wrote and directed the third one. So I think it feels like the second one, this producer took something and maybe always wanted to direct, maybe. <laughs> and then the third one, he finally got to direct. And, um, and that, maybe that's why the third one's a bit better because it's like the producer's directing and writing. Single vision, so yeah. His, yeah, single vision is, is coming into play. But yeah, I mean, it is interesting that um, the yeah, I haven't sort of looked into why um, Vincenzo, I think his name is Vincenzo Natale, didn't do the other. But he's had a really good career. Like he made Splice, he made, he's directed loads of good TV, um, he did Westworld and various different things. So I think he's he's definitely uh, gone on to do lots of good stuff. So yeah. Um, I think he probably just was busy when it finally came around to making Cube 2. Just like, yeah. oh, I've, I've got a. I've actually got a job, so yeah, 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 because yeah. yeah, it was really a surprise, on. complete surprise hit, wasn't it? So probably wasn't expecting mm. any sequels at all. Yeah, the, that makes sense. The, well, the thing that I find because I sort of feel like the first cube works because it's it doesn't want to tell you anything. So one of the revelations in the first cube film is that there's this guy who's an office worker and he actually worked on designing the outer shell of the cube and he what he says is he's a really nihilistic uh de depressed character but his his explanation of the cube is that no one's in control it's just this crazy thing that got made and people are just getting chucked into it because it's been made so it is quite and the ending is so kazan is this character that is like I, I don't think they say it this way in the film but it seems like he's like an autistic savant because he's you know, like not very good at communicating, but he can do these mathematical th sums in his head really quickly. And he's the only character. Can I say, go on. never go full retard. That's what I would say. <laughs> and so he, um, but he's the only person that escapes in the end. And it's like, it's almost like, because he's the only truly innocent person in there. Like he doesn't attack anyone else or he, I mean, it, that's a bit cheesy and I'm sure you could find problems with it, but that's what I got from it. And he just, you don't, you never see what he walks out into. Apparently the director did have a bit after that where he goes out into the world and you see the world that he's gone out into. And it was going to be this alien world with loads of, you know, around this alien star and loads of other planets, like they've been kidnapped by aliens, but he got rid of it. And he like, I think he destroyed the script or the scenes and then just left it as that ending. Cause it, and I think that fits which is definitely, I mean, man. So should we talk about cube zero? I mean, so would you well, guys recommend watching hypercube? Is it like so bad that it's good or is it just a sort of weird flawed vision thing? I mean, the important thing just to say is in terms of explanation of the cube, the first cube is the best explanation, which is no firm explanation. Mm. Right. And each of them ramp it up. So hypercube is essentially structurally identical uh, but it doesn't really, as I say, like they don't really have as good a kind of character 
development and they have all these crazy concepts like time parallel dimensions but they don't really use them and then they give a kind of explanation which doesn't really make sense so i mean i i mean i guess i could just jump to explaining what the explanation in cube two is which is they're all kind of linked to some kind of weapons company or something all the people inside and then they get out you see like a very brief scene at the end where they're outside and it looks like, okay, right, this is all part of something, which is just like, well, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of absurd that like a weapons company is like, why, like when they're testing weapons or something like that, they have to build a big cube, kind of doesn't really fly in the whole um, sense of it. But the, the strongest thing I'll say for Cube Zero is that the explanation is kind of, there's this weird shady organization or, or whatever it is, and there's some kind of link to God, like they believe in yeah. God or, or yeah. they like think that people should be or something, which is which is the best explanation if you're gonna lie if you're gonna land on a firm explanation, because why else have you bothered doing this? There must be some kind of like appeal to some higher power, some sort of twisted logic about, you know, God told us to build the cube. It's just far better than like humans just doing it because of some shady you know uh, like weapons company or whatever but um but yeah i, I definitely say obviously cube is the best cube zero is probably my second favorite and then and then yeah cube two is is the sort of the disappointment of it just uh because because i've also seen so many there's so many like low budget um like films that do a lot with time manipulation like primer mm. triangle things like that and so, they kind of had that opportunity but they just didn't really do anything interesting with it um and it's like but then yeah, you just have a, a few of these like ridiculous set pieces which they kind of seem like they focused on a few sort of mind-bending set pieces at the expense of having this sort of core character um, sort of progression that you have in Cube One. Like the, the best thing about Cube is that it slowly builds up the sort of madness of the situation. Whereas in Cube Two, it's like the madness is just sort of like you know visual effects and stuff, and it's just like a little bit, a little bit hollow. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree that like yeah, it's um, it's a bit hollow. The it doesn't really hold up to kind of as you describe it. It doesn't really make sense. But also, I think. The big thing is that it, the other two have a much stronger sense of atmosphere, whereas, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I mean, it's made by a really famous DOP, and yet it has no atmosphere. I mean, it literally looks like an episode of Casualty sometimes. And, like, the acting is probably worse than an episode of Casualty, no disrespect to Casualty. But um, I think it is, for you, Luke, I think it's worth watching partly because some of the ideas are interesting in terms of like some of the rooms I quite liked um, the, the sort of early 2000s way they did it like there's one where it has like they're walking through this thing and you see them um, in a kind of staggered way kind of there's some cool there's a few little cool moments yeah. but it's also just interesting to watch to see how not to make something like this yeah, and yeah. I think I personally, you know, I want to make films and stuff. And it was interesting to go, okay, if you don't get good actors and you don't look at certain aspects, what happens? This is what happens. This is why it's lacking. 
And if you take some really good ideas and put them in a shoddy script, like it doesn't matter how good those ideas are, if it doesn't hold up, it's going to kind of ruin your enjoyment. And I think it is worth watching for some of the good stuff in it. I think some of it is quite good, in my opinion. I thought some of it was interesting. It's just you have to get through a lot. But the great thing is all three of them, that's why I was like, yeah, I can confidently say I'm going to watch all three because each of them is, are about an hour and a half. And if mm. any of them were a bit longer, I think it would make it a lot more difficult because they're all about an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, You can kind of, um, you know, do what you're doing. Well, and, and Gareth, you said about like uh, time travel movies on a low budget because Richard Curtis made a time travel movie that I haven't seen, but I randomly heard about called about time and that's oh i've seen it yeah that's about a guy who travels through time and i don't think that has any special effects so yes you can it it is interesting to think about there's the real story side of something and then there's like the whiz bang special effects side and you don't need them because there are bits of cube which are obviously nonsensical but i accept it because it doesn't matter because i'm still like in on the ride Whereas with Cube Zero, especially the fact that Cube Zero is meant to be a prequel to Cube, and I don't know why, because it completely, it sort of, in a world-building sense, it destroys the original. Because when you watch the first Cube, it's like, oh, it's it came out in 97. It seems like it is in 97, and these guys are just in this big cube under the desert in you know the middle of America somewhere. Like, they've been plucked out of modern day. But then this in Cube Zero, it's like there's this the- theocratic government that sticks people in the cube, and then it's like, where's that? Is that America? And then America, like it, it kind of makes the first cube not be real by over-explaining a bit more. And I also thought it doesn't have to be a cube; like it could be a dungeon with traps in it, and Cube Zero, the story would still be the same. Like it doesn't have to be that was what didn't work for me in terms of the world building. It was like, yeah, why not just put them in a dungeon and the story's exactly the same. I mean, my hot take on why they put it as a prequel is I think that they were way too impressed with themselves when they decided that the sort of main character was going to as the guy that leaves the cube at the end of the first film, as if to say, oh, right, yeah. He wasn't born that way he's been through something oh i see yeah so they yeah. they lobotomize the main character in cube zero and that's supposed to be again that's rewriting the original one it's like why yeah. <laughs> why? And I, think, why and I can see where they've just got really like someone came up with that idea in a writer's room or the writer came up with that in his room and went oh my god that's amazing mm. oh this is all a prequel and then they just did that but it's not even worth it <laughs> it wasn't like the original idea is way better should have made it a triangle yeah. if it was a prequel yeah <laughs> <laughs> <a> square <laughs> no, no walls. square yes yeah. it's people trapped in a square like this hula hoop in a square shape and they just step over it and it's like this or this are, isn't we, are we saying are we saying that the phantom zone in superman one and two is the original cube yeah, yes. The law needs to get more complicated. That's what makes films <laughs> better. It needs to get more connected. Superman's in Cube universe. I would love that. I mean, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not. Cube does not have it. The Cube franchise, the Cube cinematic universe, is not. 
done well with expanding its law really it's uh probably less law is 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 maybe better i'm but, very um, intrigued by this new japanese remake i'm gonna watch that yeah so that's coming out later this reckon, year isn't it i reckon that like i would i want to see a japanese take on mm. some of those rooms <laughs> you know well it would be yeah, it'd be nice to see. I assume it'll be because obviously it's now it'll be like higher budget and you know see some mad, um, mad effect. Because Cube Zero, even though it seemed you know they're well they're all pretty obviously low budget, um, but I I do agree with what you were saying about the atmosphere of Cube Zero. I did like. Um, mm. It reminded me a bit of the platform. Maybe just I don't know if you've seen the platform. This this uh, is it Spanish. Um, anyway, the just because it's got our kind of like um, brutalist aesthetic to it. Yeah. Um, it's just like, why is everything grey and concrete? But the one thing I was missing that I think would have elevated Cube Zero a lot is instead of having this kind of, you had this evil guy, the, the, the antagonist guy is this kind of camp kind of, you know, cartoonish villain. Yeah. What I would have thought, what I thought would have been much better is if you had like a really like an older guy, like really quite more quiet, right? He's saying less. All these like sidekicks are doing more of the talking. And then this, this, the, the, the evil guy is just there so that like towards the end of the film, he just goes into like a, a like a five, 10 minute monologue about how oh, yeah. you think that life has a meaning. Well, you know, when you're in the cube, life goes nowhere. There is no meaning. You know, just, just going on just about how pointless everything is. You know, I think it was missing that kind of just like this is this is all. Uh, then again, having said that, Cube Zero has the most kind of positive ending of all of the cubes, so I guess it doesn't really, you know. Which is also what I didn't really. You know, I, I feel like at the core of Cube is is about it, it's it's this kind of this futile situation where it's kind yeah. of pointless. Yeah, and, and like you, you know, I feel like they kind of lost that a bit in Cube Zero because they were like, oh, let's have a Oh, you know, the person gets away and she's all fine. And, you know, it's like, you know, come on, guys. Come on, guys. We're cute. We're talking about the cube here. You know, <laughs> I mean, serve the cube. How, how I, yeah, we got, we got multiple people escaping from the cube. Like, you know, this would not have happened on um, Cube One's watch. You know? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, you're spot on there. But, like, yeah. And also, to be quite honest with you, like, I don't want to know the truth ever. Mm, yeah. Like I, I really don't think it served the film to give us any backstory. And I think it's, it's like way more effective to not like to, you know, you give a few theories and each character has their theory because that's their character. That's, you know, if you're um, a kind of woke 1996 woke woman, then you're going to blame the government and all that stuff. And if you're a 1996 cop, you're going to be like, yeah, it's probably just rich people. Yeah. And like both of those are valid uh, because we don't find out what the truth is. And this is what happens when you find out what the truth is. It is like Alice, uh, not Alice in Wonderland. It's uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's Dorothy, you know, it's just Mm. a bloke behind a curtain. That's not interesting at all. The problem is that, you know, while I, I know that generally films like this, it's always better to have a not a certain ending or just a vague ending or whatever. If I know, 
I knew I was probably going to get some explanation from Cubesy, and I had to. I had to watch. I couldn't resist. Oh no, right, okay. it, it's bad. It's bad for me, but I'm like, I need to just. I need to see everything. <laughs> I knew. That's I know hilarious. it's going to kind of partly ruin it, but you can't. You know. <laughs> you you were there for. You want some real explanation? Yeah, yeah. yeah you get you. Well, the cube yeah. is is built to break people like you, Gareth, because you want an explanation, <laughs> yeah. and you would you you go. That's because the cop. That's what breaks him. Like. The point where he realizes there's no, you know, he's not this brilliant leader who's going to get them all together. He's the guy who sort of does motivate everyone in the beginning, and then he just gets crushed and he goes crazy. He goes completely the other way. Yeah, well, that's that's the best, you know. That is what makes the cube. I think those kind of uh, like his his arc is great. Mm. Um, a lot of the and. and one of, the, one of the bits where I really got into the cube was near the start where you've got this, uh, they introduced the guy who's what, like a master escape artist who's been like, oh, yeah, that was great. Times. Yeah. And it's like, everyone's like, oh, wow, we've got this master escape guy. And then 60 seconds later, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. It's like, incredible. It's brilliant. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that was what made that film um, so special is that. Just shit like that. That's just so clever to do that uh, and he, to like trick us so well. Yeah, and you know what's so funny is because I because I remembered so many bits of it as well. Like you know when he takes the the button off and says "suck on it," and then oh, and, yeah, when, yeah. and when like the coppers are um, ordering the office work around, he's like "Yavol, mein Commandant." Like I remembered all those bits, but I still I was still surprised when Loren died because I in my yes, head I was thinking surely he was. I thought he was there for longer. And it's also because the characters are so well-defined that he can be in it for 60 seconds and you totally remember him. But I was surprised yeah. just because I forgot that it was that quick. Same here. Totally forgot. And I loved it. I was like, that's fucking sick. But how about the fake eye of the guy in Cube Zero? I mean, that you know, he's got a... <laughs> it just seems so post... It's so post-Matrix to me. It's like post... Yeah. You can tell it's been after Matrix and Dark City and films like that. It's weird because you look at Cube Zero and you're like, is this this was made after Cube One? Because <laughs> you're like, is, yeah. this, uh, is this an 80s film? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's so it's such a bizarre choice having those guys. And I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's funny because really by that point I was kind of like, I was kind of into it because it was so stupid. Oh yeah, I was like, all right, fuck it, let's go stupid, isn't it? Yeah, he has an eye patch, and he's got that weird physical performance he's doing and it's a cartoon character all right fuck it like sure i think at that point it's it's good it's a good performance you know the guy's doing a great job what a what a role that has been written in there (laughs) i think they're all doing very well considering the roles they've been given for sure considering the cube Well, I do. I do. I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm joking about it, but I think if I had just seen Cube Zero, like on the sci-fi channel, I, I would have watched it all the way through. But it's because it's like, as a, you know, as a sequel to Cube, it doesn't work for me. And it was like that took, but it, it is that sort of like kind of budgety, schlocky movie that, you know, it works on its own merits. You watch it and then, you know, it reminds me of like, Pandorum's not I, w- I would say Pandorum's a bit more coherent but there are these films where they've got an interesting idea but they don't just stick the landing of it yeah um, that's a good way I, do, I mean I do still think visually Cube Zero I did like more than the actual sort of plot and you know as we said like the sort of aesthetic 
the the fact that you're seeing like this old school having seen the previous cubes you're like oh wow look at this really retro cube where people yeah, have to like yeah. you know actually yeah. <laughs> unscrew things and i did i do like the the scene where that guy the person escapes and they have to do like the procedure where they like yeah. catch him in their chain and then push these ridiculous but i like i quite like that as just like this bizarre kind of weird procedure they're following so kind of hell yeah, I think, you know, yeah yeah Definitely whoever was doing yeah the, the, the effects or the, the visuals of it was 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 good i think uh, so the the commitment to just like yeah we're just gonna have some dusting gore to open the film with mm-hmm. to go hey <laughs> like here's a guy and like i was <laughs> yeah i mean i, I did there, there is an element of my film going life that I don't mind a bit of like, if you're going to give me some gore, let's fucking go for it. And uh, definitely Cube Zero opens with a very, very uh, strong kind of, uh, we're going to go for it with this film here, have this to start with. Is it, and it, I, I, you know, it doesn't quite live up to that. Like I was kind of, I kind of strapped in. I was like, all right, I'm paying attention now. Let's go. And then it didn't quite go as far as I thought it was gonna go. I thought it was gonna go full on like like brain dead or something, you know, like really mm. fucking fucked up, but it didn't quite do that, which is fair enough. Probably for the best. Yeah, it was it, I felt the same because I was expecting it to be more like old school, like oh, this is gonna be a really yeah. stripped down cube, but then it actually yeah. was kind of like kind of like more sci-fi than the previous ones, because you yeah. got them like viewing stuff, which just you know, it's kind of interesting, a little bit, a little bit, just like kind of jumping all over the place. I felt a little bit, you know, mm. like what, what am I watching? Oh, I'm watching this. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, what am I watching? Okay, sure. I'll leave. Yeah, it's a wild ride. And the the melting metal. I mean, it had interesting ideas, but again, it was like exactly, the yeah. the tech was more advanced than the original cube, even though it's meant to be set before. Like that was quite a cool effect where the each room has got a code thing on it and then the metal melted off when they reset the cube. And it was like, that was quite a cool sort of, yeah. um, and it, 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 if I remember rightly, it wasn't like a CG effect. Like it looks like they were using like magnesium or something, not magnesium, but yeah. uh, manganese, like yeah. metals that will melt at a certain temperature. Yeah. That's not like super hot. Is someone going back and like having to place all the, the little panels back on him? <laughs> <Stamp laughs> yeah. Like, Oh man, can I do this all again? But yeah, it's they're so actually. Wait, I just remembered the whole like they're capturing their dreams or something. Yeah, what's kind of that shit? Yeah, I was kind of expecting like, is there you gonna give us anything? But no, it's just like you know, they're kind of like dipping, dipping their toe into explaining stuff, but then like not just like, yeah, let's just chuck a few, yeah, dreams, you know. We'll leave you to we'll leave you to sort of extrapolate what that could or could not mean. I'm like, okay, mm. sure. Well, I, mean, I guess so. And the, the yeah. thing about the with the original cube is there's like there's really obvious mistakes in it in terms of the the mathematics puzzle that they have to do. It's not actually that hard. And also, there's like really like the idea is that uh, you know a room is is it a room is safe if it if it does have a if it isn't a prime number. Yeah, I think that was the yeah one or two. Yeah, or it's you know it's it's safe or it's not safe. Like a prime number will tell you the either way. But she was checking numbers. Like a prime number is a number that you can only divide by itself and and by one. 
So for example, 10 is not a prime number because you can divide it by five, you can divide it by two. But so any number that ends in two is an even number. So she was, she was like checking it of like 252. Hmm, let me check. Is that a prime number? And like, she's meant to be a maths whiz. And there was another one, any number that ends in five as well is divisible by five. So it can't be a prime number, but it's like, that doesn't matter because it's just the, it's the story of it. Like it's not, it doesn't like hang on this complicated mathematical uh, idea. So like kind of obvious it's not really a blooper, but it's like this just obviously people who don't understand maths writing this. Luke, you sound, sound pretty pretty cocky that you could get out of the queue. <laughs> like, oh, no problem. Pretty easy puzzle here. Well, I don't know about <laughs> that. I mean, I'd be yeah, I know. I would I would know any number ending in two is not a prime number. I'm not actually that good at um uh, mental arithmetic, so I, pro I would probably make a mistake in the calculations. But a number and I do know that even numbers cannot be prime. And that's really obvious. Yeah, I, I remember I wasn't really 100% following because there's this revelation is that, oh, they, the primes are safe or not safe. And then there's like, oh, actually, no, the primes, are, it's not that, it's something else. It's like the power of And prime. it's some calculation that only the the guy, the, the mentally, um, uh, the mental Kazan, guy yeah. can do, Kazan. Um, I didn't really fire because it seemed like they were basically doing the same thing as they were before. I don't know, but it doesn't really matter. I was just like, yeah, sure, there's some... I'll be honest, for me, the prime number stuff made about as much sense as the second part. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm one of those people that, you know, math is not um, anything that I've ever been that interested in. So when they were talking about prime numbers, I was like, yeah, I've heard of that. Cool. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. I think you're, you're probably similar, you know, space to the writers, and they're like, oh, I've heard of prime. So exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I noticed by the, by the, well, probably by the second and or the third film, I'm just like, oh, here's a trope of the feel of the, of the, the cube films. There's always like some theoretical, like, how many theoretical mathematicians are there in the world? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> they all seem to end up in one of the cubes. Right? That's hilarious. Yeah, that's so true. It's like, it's like oh, I'm, I'm a, like, the, the first one, what, you've got the young, like attractive blonde, this oh yeah, I'm also a theoretical mathematician. Then you've got some some woman in the second one, and then the guy, obviously the main character in the third one, you're instantly like, oh right, we've got another genius over here who can you know work out all the chess straight away or something. So mm. it's uh, also it's like wait, so that's another thing that I didn't quite get in the third one. It's like this guy is like some super genius who can work out everything, but he's for some reason doing like this kind of up utter like dog's body job where he's just like pushing but he's not even the senior guy in the cube zero room yeah. he's like the junior guy and i'm like surely you would think that someone like him is would be uh, you know building the cubes or something i don't know well it might well maybe they stuck because they there is a bit where they say do you remember the last time you went outside and it seems like they've had their memories wiped as well so it's almost like maybe he what because he is clever that's why they stuck him down there because it's like, get him out of the way. Mm. But then why not just stick him in yeah. the cube? Like, Yeah. Hmm. Well, you, you almost, you had, you, you, the first half of that sentence, Luke, you presented something, I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Maybe there's something deeper to <laughs> zero that I haven't considered. And then the yeah. second half, you're like, oh, actually, no, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the, in the second half, I referred to the actual film and then nothing made sense. <laughs> so, I mean, this is it's cube zero. I also think a trope of the film that I've noticed since I watched three in like 24 hours is um, people 
talking about women as if they're like really attractive and they're like just kind of average looking and like people just falling in love with each other like out of the blue with no character development nothing just they're just like right i love you now and i'm obsessed with you because i drew a picture of you or yes yeah, i found it really it kind of threw me off and in the in the second one there's like this relationship that happens where he's like obsessed with this girl as if she's like drop dead gorgeous and she's just in like it's just a, a, a normal looking woman in like a dress and that was all it took for this guy to be completely obsessed with her mm. throughout the whole film. And it just like, I think casting is quite interesting with the Cube films because like, I don't know, there's just something off with all of the casting. Like the cop guy in the first one. I mean, I, th I thought he was great, but he didn't come across as a cop to me. Like, I think in all the three films, the casting doesn't quite, is it because it's Canadian? Like, no, I don't even think it's that because there's loads of Canadian stuff that does really good stuff. I think it's like, I don't know, like it just, it never quite, like the, the people that are supposed to be super intelligent never to me came off as like, oh my God, this person could totally be at a university um, killing it. And um, the kind of tough guys would never quite seem to me like they would, like that I couldn't have taken him out in a fight. And then like the, the supposedly hot girl, you, you're sounding like, quite arrogant now. Like, do you think you could escape <laughs> the cube? <laughs> I, just for the record, no way. <laughs> you don't even know what a prime number is. Exactly. I'd be fucked. Like, I couldn't escape the cube, but I would be a better, well-rounded character than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be stealing the show and this little group coming yeah. in. <laughs> and I'd be like, wow. Yeah. That's so probably really... why I'd die after a minute, because the cube films couldn't handle this this character. Though. I'd be the most popular cuboid. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do totally agree. The, the I think it got increasingly bizarre. I think the first one, it kind of made sense in terms of the obsession because it was the cop guy going mad and he like becomes obsessed with like, you know, the woman or whatever. Yeah, and he was a creep. Yeah. In the second one, in the second one, it was just completely like, oh, and now they're just gonna make out or something for yeah. no And the third the third one was just like, oh, I've fallen in love based on like, you know, just looking at someone on the screen. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. I hope you don't like watch TV or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Falling in love with people all the time. So <laughs> I think mean, that is that is like a I do see that as like a recurring thing in a lot of like really, you know, sort of weak scripted films in the sense of like, oh, we need a relationship to happen, but mm. like we can't be bothered to write it. So yeah, we'll just time. have like, we'll just be like their first scene they meet, next scene they're like, you know, in love because... That's how know, love works. Because I'm That's how love works. Love. I have a cold, dead heart. That's all I've been trying to do is make movies for... <laughs> Finally, I've got my chance, so... That's funny because yeah, I was just thinking that's like in improv as well. Like when people start learning improv, a lot of scenes end up with characters falling in love because people don't know what to do. And they know that it's more interesting if the characters have a relationship. So you just get people just sort of go, oh, I, I love you. And it's like a sort of go to as almost like a way of raising the stakes. But it is just completely false like that. Like it's just um, no development. Yeah, you 
You know what? Cube 2, so you, haven't, you definitely want to watch Cube 2, Luke, just because it's interesting. I feel like Cube 2 does strike me as something where they're just like, okay, let's improv it out. And they just improv until they just come up with these crazy ideas. And they're like, yeah. improv it. Okay, we're going to fall in love. Improv. Oh, it's like uh, gravity's gone wild. <laughs> it, does, <laughs> it, does, it does feel like a series of yeah. loosely connected, improvised things that looks like little vignettes. Yeah. Um, Can I get a suggestion yeah. of one of the four fundamental forces, please? Uh, gravity. <laughs> oh, gravity's gone in the Bro, bro that's literally, <laughs> yeah. That's definitely what happened, for sure. I think Del Close might have something to do with it, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's worth wow. checking out. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it now then after it's been recommended to me by you two <laughs> fine gentlemen. You know, in this talk we've been having, I've I've realised, I think I think I love you two guys. It's we've, <laughs> we've been trapped in this Cube podcast for, it's only been 40, 40 minutes or so, but I think, I, I'm, I think you're going to have to fight each other to win over my affections. Yeah, I mean, if we were in person, I'd definitely be trying to kill you both now just because I've gone mad from the deep well, discussions about the cube. I would be trying to outsmart you because actually I haven't mentioned this, but I'm one of the foremost uh, mathematicians in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I invented the number three. <laughs> Which came before cube. So, yeah. <laughs> one, two, three, cube. <laughs> There is, I mean, for people that like maths, uh, one of the, like, there are a lot of mathematical jokes in Futurama, and one of the um, Futurama writers actually created his own uh, mathematical proof for an episode where about the, um, bod for body swapping. So the, so they do have some actually, like, proper mathematicians on their writing style for Futurama, which I thought was quite interesting. But Cube is yeah, like I mean, pop culture Cube maths. 1 did, I mean, Cube 1 supposedly did have a maths um expert working with them on the script but obviously um it might not have been quite as sharp as uh as could be since it sounds like the prime numbers thing isn't that big, big of a deal it's my, yeah it's like because i did look it up because because the actual calculations are not that hard because all of the numbers only go up to like a thousand like they're just three digit numbers like nine seven nine or two three one and that's not at all hard for you to calculate in your head like it's not you but it's fine it doesn't matter like you know because i, I yeah. accept it as part of the if it was more complicated it would have to be explained to the audience so it if that's not yeah, the point of it totally yeah that's why it's such a good film is that, that it makes a call like that rather than just doing stuff without really thinking about it and then moving on. Like at least they've definitely thought what's basic enough that you can understand it without really going into too much depth. Let's move on. Whereas I think the other Cube films would either go overcomplicated and don't worry about it or this is half a baked idea. Here, here you go. See you later. Mm. yeah well maybe some this maths, con maths consultant on the first film his main input was like yeah cut all this crazy stuff you, you know you're proposing yeah, so, yeah. Just, I, mean, the, I think they definitely it was a lot more like the original drafts of the script were a lot more complicated and they definitely uh, just made it just sort of pared it down over and over again like originally it was supposed to be hell they were in hell and there was like all this moss that they could eat and um they had all kinds of like details that they decided that they slowly pared it down to what we saw in the first one. And I think that's why it works so well because it's very easy to understand and it's quite a primal. It's a bit like 
um, Alien One, where it's just this primal thing. Yeah, yeah. It's good because you can imagine yourself potentially being kidnapped and waking up in Cube One. Mm. You know, there's no like, oh, there's aliens. There's no, we're in hell. It's just like normal people. For all you can tell, it is from the nineties, um, which I think is just. I, I kind of prefer that as like a sort of horror sort of setting, or you know, just, I don't know, or psychological horror. Well, I don't know if this is like full horror. I don't know what the the, the benchmark is for. When it officially becomes a full-on horror film, but um, you know, it's better than something that's just like crazy and like whoa, because you know, it could yeah, happen. Someone could build a cube. Minotaur. So yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's. I mean, that would just take me out of it, and I'd be like, yeah. I'm not worried about waking up in a cube. <laughs> There's going to be a minotaur in it. Yeah. Originally, huh? yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think it's it's better to have it, you know, grounded. Grounded Someone, and without too much of an explanation is ideal. Grounded, not rounded. There he is. Yes. No spheres, please. <laughs> no, no spheres, yeah. please. Only We're British. Please. Yeah. It, it remind. I don't know if... Sorry, I mean, <laughs> there's another film called Circle. Have any of you seen this film? No. Oh, okay. I would recommend it. Um, can I quickly pitch circle? Yeah, so sure. it's got a, it's another kind of high concept, sort of low budget, sort of, sort of horrorish, I don't know. But people wake up, they wake up in a room, right? They're in a circle, and um, basically every like 90 seconds or two minutes, someone just gets zapped by this thing and dies. And then they work out that actually they could all vote. They have this thing where they only they can see who they're voting for. Basically, whoever gets the most votes gets killed, unless they don't vote, and then someone just randomly dies. And there's about 50 people in the room. And then, yeah, as I say, every minute and a half, two minutes, someone dies. And that's the entire film in real time. Well, that that's sounds it. great. I'm watching that. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And it's 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 obviously, as you can expect, it's like, you know, it's like a roughly demographically representative, you know, subset of, of America and everyone's like, oh, who do? so I won't I won't say any more about it because I do genuinely recommend it. Yeah, yeah, don't say anything. Yeah, I want to watch it definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It. Okay. Yeah, I, won't, I won't say any more, but this this definitely cube one definitely reminded me, not not in like the same way, but it's just like another one of the things where I'm like, if you gave these people another 50 million, mm-hmm. they wouldn't change how this, all you'd have is like maybe Brad Pitt would be one of the people, but like, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's the only way you change it. Cause it's already like a perfectly self-contained idea. Um, and also it's, it's based, it's named after a shape. So, you know, it must be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like 12 angry men. It's that, it's the they call it like a bottle episode if it's on a TV show where mm. it's like a ship in a bottle where it all takes place in one location and because it's the set is just brilliant because you just have this big cube room and then you've got different lights behind it that changes so you can I guess you've got two of them maybe so you can crawl between them or whatever but it's just like it's just in one place and it's about people so yeah circles just the same thing everyone's in one place and it's you're you're forced to relate with other people. I mean, it is interesting, like, you know, they say some some people, you know, they, they have like budget cuts in film and certain TV shows. And you always point out that, oh, right, this is the episode where they're in the series where they can cut <laughs> yeah. down the budget. So they've had to set it where you've just got two characters in the room. And often you know, people say, oh, wow, those are like, you know, the most memorable episodes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, although having said that, you know that doesn't always work out because there's a lot of a lot of people just trying to do those things and it's uh, it doesn't work out. But it is it's like uh, you know I feel like sometimes people just need to constrain themselves. You know, it's better just to constrain yourself to something and then flesh out as much as possible one simple idea than like chuck yep. 20 ideas at a script creativity um, is all about constraints right like if you look at the first star wars film um compared to the first kind of of the second trilogy compared mm. to the first of the third trilogy like you can see the constraints are what made it so fucking great like this idea of space and spaceships and like the idea of a worn out future was incredible. Like I still love that idea. And they just totally threw it out in the second um, lot of stuff. And it's like, that's what made that so unique. It's like, it was the future. Like it was all these spaceship, but it was all broken. Yeah, it's kind of spawned an entire like, you know, genre of that whole, you know, there wasn't really that like, you know, rundown sci-fi kind of aesthetic anywhere else but it's like Mm. it's been huge and then yeah it is pretty disheartening to see like the whatever it was the second trilogy where it's like this just looks like a poor like pastiche of bad sci-fi from before star wars you know (laughs) uh, what is uh what is going on here and i i love like um so they made an called alien isolation right and it was a great game but the one of my favorite things about it was that it it imagined what the technology would look like if it was created. So it had all the kind of um, spaceship stuff, but it, it imagined it as if it was someone from the 80s coming up with concepts for like um, the dials on the um, doors and stuff like that were all as if and another film did that. I mean, it wasn't a great film. Did you guys see High Rise? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think the film was great, but I loved the design. Like, I designed it. Cool. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, Kubrick's uh, with the kind of brutalist style of like, this is, I think, this is what, a certain time period thought the future was going to look like. So let's make a whole film that is, is that. And I think High Rise did a really good job visually. Of yeah. Because it was based on the 1975 novel by J.G. Ballard. So, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it get, those films give me a weird nostalgia. It's like when I think about, like, it. it's just, I get all this imagery in my head of this the 70s and the 80s and, like reading the choose your own the fighting fantasy choose your own adventure books and all these there's like all this sort of design that just it makes me like or if i see us like an old computer like a bbc micro that we had at school or like an old sort of um plastic gray chair it reminds me of of like of of being in school and all that stuff just being normal like that's what stuff looked like and that's what tomorrow's world said stuff was going to look like as well like it's yeah. a re- very weird yeah. interesting yeah. sort of brain fuck to watch stuff like high wise high rise as someone who was a kid during the period that it's sort of recreating yeah well i so it reminds me of the film i mentioned earlier platform which has kind of got 
the sort of, I don't know, like 50s, 60s concrete aesthetic, but it's just like it's got a sort of sci-fi-ish feel to it, but um, which is definitely worth watching the first act of. Uh, it's one of these things that attempts to sort of have an ending, but it doesn't really work it out. But um, it is intriguing, like this sort of, like, you know, what, what, you know, also remind, we're talking about, I haven't seen High Rise, but I did see, this is probably a different tone of film, but Dread. I don't know if you've seen the, the 2012 film Dread. Oh, I, I still haven't seen uh, it. Yet. Which, which uh, one? Urban. Which one is that? Is that yeah. the one with Carl Urban? Urban. Yeah, Carl Urban? It is the one with Carl Urban. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. I love I that. Yeah, because it's all set in this tower block and it's got this kind of, you know, the run-down, grimy, like, you know, it's the mm. future, but it's, everything's just dirty and doesn't work. And then it's also got this sort of, well, it's not one room, but it's like one setting, like the entire thing takes place in this high-rise. Definitely a very fun kind of um, uh, romp, if that's a, a word to use. But um, yeah, I, do, I just think, you know, it's something just great about single setting. I mean, a lot of the time it, it doesn't really, you know, a lot of times it fails, but there's something about, you know, at least they tried. You know, even if the film doesn't work well, at least if you try to do it all in one location, it's like, well, I appreciate the effort, guys, even if it didn't sort of quite put it off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, talking of uh, single locations, it's time for us to leave this single location. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts. I don't know. I don't know which way to go. I could go. So many cubes. Left. I could go right. I could go front. It feels like I'm just going to go into another room and then I don't know what to do then. So just more questions, more questions left now. Good. How about you, Hamza? I think, um, so my final thought is, was uh, stuck in the cube. If I just woke up in the cube, I reckon... um, I probably just fucking do it myself. Do you know what I mean? After a while, you just go, oh, I can't be asked. Fuck it. Try and find like the most exciting room to die in. Go that, go out in a blaze of glory. Do you know what I mean? Sounds like I reckon you'd be. I reckon you'd be just about to do it, and then a group of people to walk in, and you'd see a lady. <laughs> and <be> like, no, <laughs> and fall immediately in love. That's exactly yeah. what. And I- then get your bollocks chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely what would happen <laughs> by razor wire there'd be that moment of like you looking at each other and then the razor wire would go shoo, like cheese yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it'd be alright because he would die with love in his heart there we go and that's yeah. what Cube was all about really it was all about love <laughs> that, is, that is the central message I took away because your heart has four chambers <laughs> Uh, a cube has six sides so the well, math doesn't add up now no but if we make it more complicated the people won't understand so we'll just leave that explanation in <laughs> okay fair enough we'll let, we'll let the next podcast tell us all about that nice cube we said cube about a million times how could you yeah. not I, we didn't say cube to hypercube that many times, <laughs> which probably was a mistake because 
that's great. I mean, the, the best thing that Q2 Hypercube did was the names. 